0: Welcome to Agency for Change, the podcast that brings you the stories of people creating positive change in the world. We explore what inspires these changemakers, the work they're doing, and how they share
1: their message. Each of us can play a part in change, and these are the people who show us how. Hi there, this is Lynn Weinman from Glove, and welcome to the Agency for Change podcast. Our guest today, Sarita Reddy, PhD, has dedicated her professional career to helping individuals with disabilities. She is currently the executive director at ADEO, a multifaceted organization that supports people with disabilities, helping them lead connected, interdependent lives. The services at ADEO include affordable and accessible housing, home healthcare, and outpatient physical therapy, as well as highly individualized residential services for those with brain injuries. I know that the entire Adeo team takes pride in the way they change the world by providing services tailored to meet the needs of each individual they serve. Thank you for being with us today. And first, I'd like to just start by having you tell me more about the work you're doing with Adeo.
0: Okay. So as you pointed out, I've been here as the executive director. I've had this job for uh, six years, but the organization itself has been here for more than four decades. And the entire impetus uh, that started the organization was to ensure that people with disabilities didn't have to be shut away in nursing homes or state hospitals, which was kind of the norm back then. And the question that our founder asked was, what does a person with disabilities need in order to stay a part of the community? So obviously, the first thing is they need housing, they need a place to stay. And then once you have that, then you also need some services. If you're a person with a significant disability, you might also need services just to get up and meet your day. And so um, they came up with this, you know, frankly, brilliant idea of of marrying affordable, accessible housing with home health services. And then as time went on, again, every time the question was, what does a person with disabilities need in our community? And So physical therapy was a need for people with disabilities because not every organization knows how to treat people with disabilities. I don't care whether it's the medical profession or, you know, therapeutic services or whatever. And so we've got a physical therapy clinic and um, we also have attached to it a warm water pool so we can provide aquatic therapy, which is really, really helpful for folks with disabilities. Uh, And it's a heated pool, so even better. And then um, we, about 15 years ago or so, uh, developed residential services for people with brain injuries. And that's our most uh, intensive set of services in the sense that it provides 24-7 support for people and they live together. And so we provide everything from housing to meals to transportation and then all of the care coordination needed for them to uh, navigate life. So those, those are our core services. And then most recently, we uh, sort of stepped out into a different kind of space. And this is uh, a day of fitness, which is a place for people with disabilities alongside people without disabilities to work on maintaining their health and well-being through exercise. You know, we ran a pilot program a couple of years ago funded by the Pinnacle Foundation just to see what people with disabilities really benefit from the kind of working out type situations that we have access to, like personal training, classes, that kind of thing. And we, we were going to do 10 people in the pilot program, ended up doing 12 because word spread and people wanted to join it. And they just showed over the course of a year such amazing uh, strides, both in their physical, emotional, as well as mental well-being, that we thought we've got to do this. And so we now have a gym that we uh, have open for people with and without disabilities to come in and work out.
1: Sarita, so I love I love hearing your story, and I love hearing the story of how your organization has grown to fill your mission and serve your audience. I also know that you are very passionate about what you do and I'm interested, what inspired you to care about the disabled in our community and the challenges that they face?
0: So there's a, there's a personal answer and then there's a professional answer as well. So on the personal level, I feel like I'm paying it forward. You know, my sister, is uh, my youngest sister. I have two sisters. My youngest sister has an intellectual disability, and she is now supported. After years of living at home and my with, with my parents um, basically taking care of her, they have both passed away, and my other sister and I are not in India. My, my youngest sister lives in India, and so we had to find a place that she could be supported to, to live her life, and she's supported by an amazing organization in India called Friends of Camp Hill, India. And it i cannot tell you enough about what it means to me and to the rest of my family to know that sumi my our youngest sister is well supported she is cared for she is loved she is uh, safe she's healthy she is you know she just has a really good life and so it makes sense to me to give other families the same level of confidence and the peace of mind that my family and i are afforded you know so that's that's a very personal kind of an answer On the professional level, I will tell you that I just feel very, very fortunate. I'm in a very unique position. In addition to my sister, I have always had disability as a part of my life. My grandmother was deaf. I didn't even know she was deaf. I just figured we communicated with her differently. That's all I knew. And then my sister and now my son, my firstborn child, has cerebral palsy. And so I'm the mother of a child with a disability and have had to navigate that world alongside my son. And so I did that first, I was, a, I was a family member first, I became an advocate, a passionate advocate for other parents who had children with disabilities, and then moved over into the service provider world. And so I feel like I'm in this very unique position of straddling two worlds, right? And so I kind of have credibility with both groups. I can talk to families because I'm a family member and I know, you know, kind of where they're coming from. But I can also talk to people in the provider world because I know the challenges of being. When I was when before I joined the provider world, I didn't know how hard this work was. It's it's great, it's great work, but it's hard work. And so now I know the challenges of both sides. And so it's really kind of it would be almost criminal if I didn't use that. You know? <laughs>
1: Sarita, I just always feel the energy from you. And I think it probably that makes sense now that I know your personal passion and your professional interest and opportunity have come together. And I, I kind of wish everybody could experience that because that's got to make your work very satisfying. Now, another question for you. Generally, changemakers are thought of as people or organizations who are working together to make change for the greater good. How does that concept figure into the work you're doing for ADEO? All
0: right. I have a couple of thoughts on that. Um, obviously, the most obvious way in which we work for the greater good is by ensuring that people with disabilities have a safe home and the services they need, right? Just basic needs. Because in the absence of these basic services, what you end up seeing is some real trauma, not only for the person with a disability, but also for the family members. Because you end up having families break apart, relationships uh, end over the trauma of having significant disability to deal with, or sometimes people have to give up their jobs and that kind of thing to become full-time caregivers because there are no services, which means they go from being a taxpayer to a recipient of services. So there's all kinds of, do- of of impact that happens in the absence of good services for people with disabilities. So that's just the, um, the most obvious way because when people have, when a person has access to great services, family members and friends can be just that, you know, they can be family members and friends and all of the, the more I don't even know how to say the service provision is done by other people, you know, so you get to be who you are. You get to hold on to those relationships. But more importantly, I think that what we do is support people to be an integral part of their community. Right. It's more than just the basic services. They not only have access to all the resources that the community provides, all of us that we take for granted, but sometimes people with disabilities can. But they also have the opportunity to contribute to the community you know, share their gifts and talents with others in a way that wouldn't be possible if they were shut away in a nursing home or at home being supported by an exhausted family member who all they can do is meet the basic needs and there's nothing left over for, you know, to do some of this other work. So I think one of the things that we do a great job at and the way we impact our community is by ensuring that the people we serve strengthen the fabric of the community by their very active presence and participation. So if you look at the people we serve, you know, they vote, they volunteer, they participate on community boards, they're friends, teachers, advocates for people in their lives. You know, they take on all the roles that you and I take for granted. And so I think that's actually one of the ways that we, that is the most important way, I think, that we uh, make a difference.
1: That is fantastic. And it warms my heart. Now, I've had the opportunity to learn about the great work that you are doing firsthand when we did the brand advancement for Adeo. What is next for you and the organization?
0: Um, (laughs) You know, you've you've often said that we don't ever stop. and So I think think that's true uh, today. We've got a couple of things that are happening right now. We just received a grant from the Weld Trust to expand our uh, residential program for adults with brain injuries. Construction is on hold right now because of the coronavirus crisis, but we hope to be able to complete it by the end of next year. And there's a huge need for these services in our area, Northern Colorado, and we're the only organization that provides them in this area. So we will continue to look for opportunities to expand our impact in this particular area. And then another space as another area where we're stepping out, as I said, is creating an inclusive gym where people with and without disabilities can exercise side by side. And, you know, we're fortunate, very fortunate to have Kristen Mather as our fitness director, and she has both the skills and the passion to lead this effort. She's been able to help so many people at all levels of ability and at various stages of their fitness journeys, from committed fitness nuts to people just starting out to achieve their goals. And I can, I speak to this personally because I'm a client of hers and I went from being a committed couch potato three years ago. (laughs) <laughs> to being someone who's maintained a fairly rigorous fitness regimen at home by myself while I have isolated during these last several months. Uh, and she's also the person who really did help so many of the people we serve to realize enormous gains through their participation in the pilot program. So I feel very comfortable that we are filling a need and a niche that is that has yet to be filled in the really area.
1: You know, I think I need to give Kristen a call and I'm very serious <laughs> about that. <laughs> During the pandemic, maybe we could do this over Zoom. I'm telling you what, both of my kids, who both live on the East Coast, um, have, have visited with her and consulted with her. I'm gonna check that out when we're done here. Serena, what are the biggest challenges you face in your work with Adeo, but also as someone who leads change?
0: So, Adeo, as you know, is a nonprofit organization, and we're also, you know, in this space of healthcare, which is a dynamic, changing environment at the best of times. So, like everybody else, I think limited resources is always a challenge for us. You know, we there's so much that we would we feel like we could do that we would do if we had all the resources in the world, right? So that's a very boring answer, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of a real answer. But then the other thing in terms of um, making change, we have been growing and evolving and changing, and we are an organization with a long history. And for some people, it sometimes feels uncomfortable and risky and even disrespectful to contemplate changing anything. And so that's a huge challenge that anyone who's trying to make change feels. But I I honestly believe that, you know, any organization that does not embrace change and does not look to evolve um, will eventually die. You know, you can't stay relevant if you stay the same, regardless of what's going on around you. So, So we're committed to making the changes.
1: I've always heard that saying, you're either... Um, what is the saying, you're either green and growing or you're Mm -hmm. ripe and rotting, right? And I think that, (laughs) (laughs) right? We always have to be on the lookout and I know you in particular embrace, uh, embrace making those changes. So Sarita, there are a lot of cynics in the world and they aren't wrong to say that you can never solve all the problems. So why do you choose to do this work? And can we ever get ahead of the challenges facing the disabled community?
0: Hmm, can we ever get, uh, get ahead of the challenges facing the disabled community? I honestly don't know. I don't even want to think about it because what's the point? You know, the fight is a good fight and we're going to fight it. Um, and as far as people who disagree and, you know, when they say we can't do it or, if, or they're, they just don't see the point, I'm not someone who's going to allow people who don't want to be a part of the solution to discourage me. You know, I'm a firm believer in always starting with the community of the willing and then building out from there. As far as disagreement, if the end result is to come up with a stronger plan for moving forward, I'm all for it. Fantastic.
1: In the world today with all the changes, leaders are coming forward in different ways to pave the way. I know you're a leader who's creating positive change for people facing extreme challenges physically and mentally. So what advice do you have for someone out there who aspires to lead positive change?
0: There's so many ways that you can create positive change, right? I mean, we all have the capacity, I think, I'm thinking right now about two different areas in which I'm committed to making change. And so in working with people with disabilities, I play a supporting role. The leaders in that movement are people with disabilities themselves, right? So I spend a lot of time listening to them. It's my job to figure out where I can use my skills, my influence to support the change they want to see. And so I I see that as my role. Right now, I'm also trying to figure out my place in the fight for racial justice in this country. As an immigrant woman of color, I feel like this is definitely my fight too. But I'm also extremely sensitive to the fact that I don't have the same lived experience as a Black American. And then the flip side of that is, as someone, I feel I'm someone who has a great deal of privilege and a significant sphere of influence. So I feel a strong sense of responsibility to do what I can do to create the community that I want to live in. So even in this space, it takes listening and learning before stepping out to act in any major way. And so I guess I'm saying that in order to lead, you have to start by listening.
1: Wow, that is that is very prophetic. I mean, right, people, people always want to go out and make their mark, but if you're going to make your mark in the right way, you've got to start by listening and learning. That is very nice. So Sarita, bringing this all back full circle, how do you get the word out and amplify the great work that you're doing? How do you tell your story and the story of Adeo?
0: Oh, my goodness. We began this year <laughs> with a whole host of plans for getting the word out um, about what we do. As you well know, since you were part—you know one of our partners in helping us figure out how we do this. So we had a 350-person gala planned, we had, you know, a blitz of talks to various community organizations planned, you know, all kinds of things that seem so far away now. It was a different world in which we were able to do those kinds of things. But with uh, COVID-19 making its mark on the world, we've had to throw all of those plans out and kind of reset and regroup and kind of think about what do we do now, So right now, you know, all of our plans for getting the word out and amplifying our work is, uh, you know, with the use of technology, connecting people through technology. Uh, We're currently planning our very first virtual fundraising event. It's actually, it's become a signature event for us. It's a 2K, 5K walk, run, or roll. And we've always had that as an in-person event. And it's always served as a fundraiser, but also as a vehicle for us to get the word out about what we do. And uh, so with the virtual platform, what I'm beginning to feel is we're going to be able to reach far more people with this format than we've ever been able to do with the in-person event. Um, And then again, we're so much more active on social media than we have been before. So that's kind of where we are in terms of really getting the word out about what we do is really using technology to the best of our ability.
1: A lot of great organizations are really retooling. It's a different world than it was just even a few months ago um, as a result of the pandemic. Now, Sarita, what would you say is the greatest impact that you are having? You know, honestly, I think one of the most important
0: things we do, as I've mentioned before, as we've we've been chatting, is that... um, people with disabilities and their families. It's not not always just the people we serve. I mean, our impact is so much larger than that. It's all of the people in their lives that we impact by making sure that this one person has the services they need, has the support they need, and so on and so forth. And then I've also mentioned before that the community itself is impacted. The community in which these folks live is impacted by having their gifts and talents that can be offered up to the community. But there is another very important thing in terms of my work personally that I think is impactful. And that is, I am just so fortunate to be working with a really great group of people and included uh, in this group are a number of smart young women who have a real passion for their work. And this is really important to me. As a woman, I love seeing young women that you know want to do more, want to um, bring their gifts and talents to the table to, to make change, and I really love seeing how the work we do together is creating the conditions for them to emerge as strong advocates for change in their own right. And so I think there's all of that in terms of the impact of the work we're doing here.
1: That is a really brilliant point. I mean, as leaders, we not only are serving our audiences and fulfilling our mission, but we're also serving those who work on our teams and who see us as role models, and quite frankly, who we impact quite a lot every day by our interaction and our mentoring and constructive criticism and so forth. That's a really great point to make.
0: And, you know, we all had great mentors. We had teachers. We didn't get to where we are today on our own. None of us did. And I remember when I was just starting out in this work, I had very small children. I was just starting out and, still in grad school, and uh, these the, my teachers, I would look at them and think, y'all can never go away. I mean, who would, who would help us with all of this? And I remember one of them in particular uh, at, at one point said, I'm getting tired. I've been doing this work for 30 years, and I'm getting tired. And I was like, no, you can't. You can't get tired. You're not allowed. And that has sort of stuck with me, and I think we, we are foolish if we care about something and we don't develop the next generation of leaders, Right. If we want the work to go on, we've got to do that. And so my job gives me the opportunity to do just that. And I couldn't be happier.
1: This is my last question, Sarita. And I personally love motivational and inspirational quotes. Could you give us a few of your own words of wisdom that could serve as inspiration to those listening today?
0: So I'm going to guess that the people who, you know, tune into this are people interested in in change and making change and how to make change and that kind of thing. So I guess what I would say is making change is never a comfortable thing to do, right? But now more than ever, we should all be leaning into it. We should all be doing what we can do to make the right kinds of change. So I would say figure out your sphere of influence and get uncomfortable,
1: Very nice. Very nice. I I know that to be true myself, getting uncomfortable is an important part of, of reaching that next level and achieving the results that you might want. Sarita, if somebody is listening to this and they're very interested in your organization or in potentially donating to Adeo, how would they do that? So I would encourage people to, to, and in fact, I beg people, please go to our
0: website. It is www.adeoco.org, so A-D-E-O-C-O.org, and uh, you'll be able to see a lot of what we do. It's a beautiful website developed by Lynn Weinman and team. They were the ones who put it together for us. So I'm very grateful for that. So that would be the first place to go, and you can certainly donate to us there, and you can also find all of our contact information for the various programs that we offer um, in our community and that kind of thing. So that's where I would direct folks.
1: You can also find us on
0: Facebook, by the way.
1: Ah, wow, fantastic, and I'm sure, too, that that'll be a great place to learn about all the new things that you will continue to do. So, Sarita, sincerely, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your story. Thank you, Lynn. I've loved it. I always love talking to you.
0: You've been listening to Agency for Change. If you're enjoying these inspiring stories, please subscribe. Is there a changemaker you'd like to recommend for this podcast? Just visit the KidGlove website at kidglov.com to share or to listen to more stories about the people behind positive change.